and welcome back to another episode of Quick Spin, the Auto Week podcast that gets into the essence of the automobile today. We are talking about the Maserati Levante Trofeo. That's right, the Uber SUV from Maserati. We are talking about that with the great Wes Rainley. You can take a look at that Maserati on our Instagram page right now. That's at Auto Week USA. And hey, while you're out on cruising the internet, why don't you check out our Facebook page? Click that like button. That way you get all the great Auto Week content we deliver daily, served right to you. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about this Maserati in just one second, but first we have to pay the bills. Want to go behind the scenes with the editors of Auto Week, Car and Driver, and Road and Track? Become a member of the Track Club and receive six supersized issues of the new Road and Track, plus access to digital content, dozens of partner privileges, exclusive invites to editorial events, and first dibs on insider automotive events, both online and around the world. Hop on in by visiting roadandtrack.com slash autoweek. That's R-O-A-D-A-N-D-T-R-A-C-K dot C-O-M slash A-U-T-O-W-E-E-K. And Mr. Raynal, tell me about this Maserati Levante Trofeo. Did I say that right? Uh, I have no idea, but you're <laughs> off to a good start. <laughs> uh, it's better than calling it a, a Italian Jeep Grand Show. Oh, was that my out loud voice? Uh, the Levante, I had the Trofeo model, uh, which means it has a 3.8 liter Ferrari derived uh, twin turbo. 590 horsepower, 538 pounds-feet. Uh, stickers for 151, 190, not cheap. Six-figure, a nice, solid six-figure uh, sticker price. Uh, it's gorgeous to look at. Um, it's not a bad driver. Some of the interior bits uh, are a little bit disappointing from the standpoint of their very Fiat Chrysler. Um, if you're familiar with a Grand Cherokee interior, you're going to be familiar with the Levante. There's some bits and pieces inside straight out of a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Now, again, first and foremost, this is the 3.8 V8. Let's not forget about that. And yeah, that's the case for the entire Levante family, uh, not just right. the Traveo, Just It does, the interior does kind of look parts bin-esque. A little, yeah, sort of. I think that's, it, the, the Trofeo is the most expensive Levante you can get. And the, the the sticker price on mine is actually a little bit lower on average to what those things go for. So, um, you know, for your 150, you might expect kind of your own interior. Well, I think you're going to guide us through exactly what you saw with this Levante in a short little walk around, which we're going to jump to right now. I'm sitting in the 2020 Maserati Levante uh, Trofeo which is, I think, the highest-end uh, Levante you can get. It's got the uh, Ferrari-derived V8. Uh, the one I'm driving is called Rosso, Rosso Italiano. I'm not Italian, so I probably am not pronouncing that properly. Uh, it's a good-looking car on the outside, uh, and it's not a bad car on the inside. The build quality is pretty good. Uh, it's very there's some definitely some FCA slash Jeep Grand Cherokee bits inside uh, the center stack in particular is very uh, it's probably about the same one that you get on a town and country minivan not that there's anything wrong with that it's just that you know for your 151,000 or whatever this thing costs we'll get into that later uh, I don't know if I'm digging having uh, you know town and country parts staring me in the face all day uh, that said the build quality is good the seats are comfortable uh, this has the um, since it is the 
uh, Trofeo, sort of the high-end Levante, it's got, you know, a 3.8-liter twin-turbo V8, 590 horsepower in the, uh, you know, in the 590 range. I think that uh, the Italians give conservative numbers, so this is probably around six or higher, 538 pounds-feet of torque, that's plenty, Uh, eight-speed automatic transmission, uh, I think, which is straight out of an FCA uh, parts shelf in Auburn Hills, Michigan, (laughs) and uh, again, not that there's anything wrong with that, Um, it's been a little slippery here in southeast Michigan lately. This is riding on three-season Continental tires, uh, and it's, you know, a little wiggly, especially with that much power under my foot, but um, nothing we can't handle, right? Uh, You, me, and the readers will get this done. Uh, Let's take her for a spin right now. And hopefully nothing bad happens, but no spoilers. I'm just kidding. Going back a little bit, that that seems to be a problem with all of the Maseratis a little bit, the uh, the parts bin syndrome with the interiors. The interiors are obviously to a high quality, but they don't seem bespoke. No, they're probably, they're not necessarily bespoke, and you really can't blame them. Uh, it saves money. And as I tried to indicate, it doesn't really affect the, it certainly doesn't affect the way the car drives, and it really doesn't affect the comfort. The interior is, is plenty comfortable. And, you know, one can make the argument that things are where they should be and you're used to them because, you know, people are familiar with FCA interiors for the most part. So I don't want to – it does not detract away from the driving experience of the car. But to your point, for $150,000, you're going to expect maybe a little more. Okay, but let's assume that my theory about them saving a little money is correct. And God knows if it is, but let's assume it is for a second. I would rather have this than have the thing cost two fifty with with bespoke, you know, radio knobs and window switches. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. I could live with the turn signal stock being shared with a Jeep Grand Cherokee if the thing costs. You know, they're, they're just trying to save money. You can't blame them. No, absolutely not. And I mean, say what you will about UConnect. I'm a fan of it, and uh, the fact that it's basically ported over with it, I think it has the Maserati has their own like skin thrown onto mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But you can act, at least for me, what I've experienced is always snappy and basically error free. So that's what more can you ask for? Yeah, and I do want to touch on the driving. Uh, the thing is a rocket ship. Wait, There's you drove? No question about it. You drove this? That's right. We haven't gotten to the driving part yet. Have that we? that is what we call a segue in the business. Uh, here, Mister Raynal. Here's you driving it. Okay, so here we go. Maserati Levante. I just love saying that. As would anyone, I think, that uh, could afford this baby. I love the sound of the V8. It's got a nice growl to it. (laughs) This is a car that, uh, and I just witnessed this, that's why I'm saying it. This is a car that when you drive through, you know, a a residential area or where there's some small shops and people milling about, everyone stares at it. Everyone gives you the thumbs up. Everyone can hear you coming in advance because of the growl of this V8. Again, it's Ferrari derived. uh, And I really like the motor a ton. Uh, The throttle response is instantaneous. You have normal mode and sport mode slash Corsa, the Italians call it. Uh, You can also, independently of that, adjust the shock to a more firmer setting. 
Um, but the, th- the sport mode also quickens the throttle and the steering a bit. Uh, you know, like I said, press on the gas and this thing scoots to say the least, to put it mildly. Uh, the ride and handling mix is nice, actually. And again, I think there's quite a bit of Grand Cherokee derived bits and pieces underneath it. Um, we'll have to do a little collective research uh, when we do the studio portion of the uh, of the recording. But uh, I mean, I'm sure this thing w- would be a fun kind of quirky th- car to live with every day. I don't know uh, about the reliability. You know, the Italians have that reputation. I've had Italian cars and they've all run great and been flawless pretty much. So I don't know what the big beef is. Um, So all in all, and again, we'll get into this a little more in the studio, but all in all, I think this would be a fun sort of different way to have a crossover, you know, to represent the crossover craze. I give it a thumbs up. If there's a young person in your life who's really into cars, give them the gift of R&T Crew, the ultimate subscription box by Road and Track for kids ages 6 to 10 every other month. A box is delivered to their door and is stuffed with cool accessories, fun activities, and a magazine check full of facts, stories, games, and more. Sign up now to receive the all-new Snack Attack box and enter code UTAWEEK for 10% off an annual box subscription. Just head to rtcrew.com, that's R-T-C-R-E-W dot C-O-M, and use code UTAWEEK. Well, thumbs up indeed. No, so you, you, you touch on this a little bit in the drive and also beforehand. You're not buying this car or excuse me, you're not buying this crossover because you want a really nice interior. You're not buying it because, you know, you want a sensible crossover. You're buying it because it's a 3.8 liter, almost 600 horsepower V8 powered crossover, which I mean, can you blame people? It sounds awesome. Yeah, and it's also wrapped in a really good-looking crossover body, right? They did a very nice job on the design. It's very pretty as those things go. It's not easy to make a beautiful crossover. You're basically a two-box design. Uh, but this thing's got some nice curves to it, and the body looks good. You know, the other the other thing, uh, in addition to the performance, you know, unless you live in a particularly Tony neighborhood, you're not going to see yourself coming and going very often if you buy a Levante. Uh, there's people that, you know, buy cars for that reason, to be different and to have, buy certain cars to be different and to stand out, sort of stand out in the crowd. And with this car, you definitely do that, both in terms of the performance. And I think it's gorgeous to look at as, as crossovers go. Yeah. I mean, I would put this up there with the, the Alpha, the uh, Stelvio Q4 in terms of cars that maybe the contrarian's choice, that's, that sounds a little pejorative, but I mean, you're not. You're going to see fewer of them than uh, the X5M. You're going to see fewer of them than the GL, the the GLC or GLS 63 Mercedes. They're they're, they're going to be less common. Yeah, I d- actually do see some running around the east side of Detroit. Levantes. I don't know who owns them, but you know they're few and far between, and they're and it's fun when you see one. Basically, I hear that. But Mr. Randall, we are headed to almost the the probably the hardest question you'll face today. The question that I, I am always scared to ask, but I, I will ask it. What is the essence of the Maserati Levante Trofeo? What's it what's it represent? What's it mean? I think it I think I think we touched on it uh over a period of time. I, I wrote some things down in my show prep. I think it uh represents a knockout good looks and really, you know, sort of high performance 
ride and handling and acceleration, of course, uh, in, in the crossover with a crossover body in, in crossover land. So, you know, to the listeners that are listening, if you're in the market for a, you know, high performance SUV, this is a good looking one uh, that's got some emotion to it. And I think that's sort of the essence. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. But Mr. Randall, I have to ask, I mean, with the shrinking sedan market, will we start to see even a bigger presence of these performance-oriented crossovers in the future? Or is this just like, are we kind of at par for course? No, I, I don't know when the bubble on the crossover is going to burst, if ever. I think people like a little bit higher seating position. Basically, all you're really getting is a slightly higher seating position and maybe a tiny bit better visibility because of it. But other than that, these things are passenger cars. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, I'm, I'm in, a, I'm in another crossover right now sitting in my driveway that is, has no business being a crossover. It could just as easily be a good size sedan. Um, but that's where the market's headed. Uh, you know, you're going to see more Maserati crossovers, not fewer, uh, versions. In other words, different sizes and such, uh, I think that's also true with Alpha. I don't know if they'll ever get, I mean, the Germans, for crying out loud, they've got crossover, you know, BMW and Mercedes, they've got a crossover for every slice of the sizing and the slice of the pie. They just slice that so thin. I don't know if the Italians are ever going to get that crazy, but, you know, you can get BMWs in, in increments of inches of difference, all crossovers. You know, back in the good old days when it was the three series, the five series, and the seven series, it's not like that anymore. And I think it's only going to get, I don't want to say worse, it's going to, the crossover craze is going to get bigger. Well, if it worked for the Beatles, I'm sure it'll work for crossovers. But I think this is a good place to end this one. Thank you, Mr. Raynal. I know it was probably a challenge driving this Maserati, but hey, somebody's got to do it. Exactly. I, I, I work hard for the listeners. <laughs> And thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to head over to Apple, uh, the Apple Podcast Store or wherever you listen to this. Leave a quick review. Give us those five stars. Let us know how we're doing and let us know what you want to hear about in the future. And I know I just said this, but I can't stress this enough. Without your listenership, none of this would be possible. So thank you for listening.